You know, one of the things that really sets you apart is if you choose to be a lifelong learner. There is something categorically different about people who show up to every situation and circumstance ready to learn. In fact, I think there's three distinct qualities. It shows that they are hungry. And the Bible tells us that when we are hungry and thirsty, we will be satisfied. It also shows that they are resourceful because once you learn something, no one can ever take that away from you. You can begin to rise in every situation simply because of what you know. And then finally, they establish themselves as necessary because they really prove their value by being a lifelong learner. So if you want to set yourself up to be the best option, to be the one that always shines through, I would encourage you to be a lifelong learner. We're going to learn more about that today. Let's get into it. For the longest time, I secretly wanted more. I often found myself shrinking to fit in, settling for what was comfortable, and even selling myself short. Once I finally accepted that we deserve success and we are blessed with the power to achieve it, I stopped playing small. I'm serious about building a life I love, and you should be too. I'm Denise Taylor of DeniseTaylor.live, and welcome to Embrace Your Power. I help women prioritize themselves, their success, and their happiness. Now let's meet this week's achiever whose story will inspire you to embrace your power and go. Well, hello there. It's Denise Taylor here. You already know I'm excited to have you join me each and every week right here on Embrace Your Power. Now, this is the place where you can always count on me to encourage you to build a life that you love. You see, around these parts, we believe that God has given us the power to do it. And when we embrace our power, we truly can be, do, have, and achieve anything that we want. Now, I will tell you, I believe you'll be divinely inspired to go after the things that God wants to do in your life. And when you do that, you are going to have the amazing sense of satisfaction satisfaction and fulfillment that is going to light you up from the inside out. And that is what I want for you. I want you to experience satisfaction and fulfillment. Now we are in season two of the podcast. And in this season, we are doubling down on your career success. And here's the reason why this is important. You see, I talk a lot about building a life that you love, but the reality is we spend a tremendous amount of our waking hours either at work, going to work, or coming home from work, which means that work is a big part of who we are and what we do. I want you to experience success at work. I want you to experience accomplishing new levels of achievement in your job, which is why in this season, I am talking a lot about you getting promoted. I want you to release your faith for going to the next level. Now, if you're saying to yourself, Denise, I'm good where I'm at, then I'm not talking to you. But if you know you want more, then I want you to release your faith and go for more. You see, around these parts, we talk a lot about the success superpowers. And if you're new here, then let me run them down for you because they are an important part of what we believe. You see, success superpower number one is see yourself successful. This is so important. You have to envision yourself accomplishing the goals that you want to achieve. Now, I believe once you can see yourself doing it, once you can see yourself being it, once you can see yourself achieving it, then it won't be long before it's your reality. Now, success superpower number two is shake off fear. And that's really important because oftentimes when we start thinking about ourselves accomplishing the thing that we want to do, fear begins to set in. Now, I will tell you, fear as a response or an emotion is not something we want to pray away. We want to have
have appropriate pause and concern when we should be alerted to something that we should give our attention to. But where fear goes awry is when we allow it to stop us in our tracks towards our goals. We may have this sense that it's bigger than us, but I want you to know you are possible, that it is in you to accomplish that which you want to achieve. And so you've got to learn how to shake off fear. Success superpower number three is do the work. You got a role to play in this. It doesn't just happen for you. But here's the thing. We have a promise. God is going to give us more on the way than he does at the start, which means when we put our hands to work, he will bless the work of our hands. Success superpower number four is take care of you. This is huge. The vision that you have for your life, it's a great vision and that mantle of greatness is heavy. And so I want you to be prepared, all parts of you, for that stretching, for that growing, for that ability to withstand the greatness of your vision. This means that you have to have a plan to take care of you, all areas of you in the most effective way. And then finally, success superpower number five is hold fast to your faith. This is important because as we are persevering towards our success, that journey can be a little bit overwhelming. We may face days where it doesn't go exactly how we expect it. It is our faith that must pick us up and ensure we can go the distance. Faith is the energizer for your ability to persevere. Now, the success superpowers are critical to your journey, but here's the good thing. You can apply them to any area of your life and get the results that you want and desire. Now, again, in this season, we're talking about your career success. And so that means I want you to accelerate your success. I oftentimes talk about how partnership accelerates progress, but strategic relationships always accelerate success. So the biggest question I have for you is what strategic relationships do you have in your life? One of the things that is critically important is for you to begin to recognize that you not only need help, but how to put the help to work for you. You see, when you have access to people who are bringing their experience, their insight and wisdom to the table for you, you got to know how to plug in and allow that to help you go and go faster. The benefit of good help is it should collapse time. It should help you get from where you are to where you want to be a lot faster. And that is what I do for my clients. I help my clients develop the skills, the savvy, and the momentum to achieve the career success that they want. I help them get promoted. Now, if you're in your journey and that is something you desire to do, then I invite you to book a call with me so that we can talk about your promotion. I want to see you get promoted in this season. And even more than that, I want to help you make that happen. Now, season two has been packed with some incredible conversations so far. And when we started this journey, I encouraged you to get a notebook to label it Embrace Your Power so that you can begin to capture the career wisdom and nuggets that all of these incredible women have been coming to the podcast to talk about. And today is no exception. We have another phenomenal guest who is going to have a phenomenal conversation with me. So grab your notebook so that you can take notes. And let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Professionally, Harriet Johnson has worked in the HR field for over 20 years. She is an experienced, energetic, and accomplished senior HR leader with experience in leading successful cultural process and engagement initiatives. She's led startups. She's led change. She's led transformation. She has experience in talent acquisition and sourcing, employee relations, compliance, diversity, and benefit administration. Now her track record includes successful work experience in shared services, government, 
healthcare, and Fortune 40 retail, as well as not-for-profit. She holds a Bachelor of Science in Business Management from Fisk University and an MBA from Tennessee State University. She is a member of the Society of HR Management, and she has served as a volunteer board member for many great community organizations. She's a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and she lives by the mantra of people, purpose, and passion, the pathway to success. In Harriet's spare time, she enjoys shopping, good music, cooking, and spending time with her family. Now, today in our conversation, we're going to talk about how to arise and be your best self. Let's get into it, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, so I'm really excited to have Harriet join me today to really unpack more about her career experience. She is professional in every sense of the word. Her journey has so many nuggets of wisdom that we're going to be able to glean. I've had far more questions than we have time for just because it's so rich what she brings to the table. So with that, Harriet, I want to welcome you to Embrace Your Power and I want to give you a chance to tell us about yourself in your own words. Thank you, Denise. And I'm so happy to be here with you today. Um, you know, just a little bit about me. I am what I call myself an HR lifer. So um, my career path has been over 20 years in that space. Um, I've worked in nonprofit, for-profit, Fortune 100, Fortune 40, um, and in senior HR leadership roles uh, in those capacities. And, you know, just really um, delving into uh, people and their passion and helping folks to understand their purpose in life and um, just being uh, a help. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a little bit about me. Just, you know, HR lifer. That's what I call myself. Listen, that's where all the power is. I have learned <laughs> over time. And I've also learned that we leave so much on the table in terms of being able to partner effectively with HR in each yes. organization. And I know I have that question for you later, but I feel like I'm just going to jump in right with that. So when you think of yourself as an HR lifer, how you describe yourself, that to me says that you have had an experience through many lenses of HR. When Mm -hmm. you think about that and you think of those of us on the outside who could benefit tremendously from a lot of the resource and support that HR offers, tell us about what you perceive we're leaving on the table. I think in terms of what's being left on the table is an intentionality, right? Just to be inclusive, Um, you know, from an HR perspective, I mean, you know, we live in a day and age where uh, there's a lot of opportunity, but there's still a lot of barriers, right? Um, And so from an intentionality perspective, making sure that there's inclusivity, um, making sure that, you know, you're listening well um, and really delving into what people want to do. I think um, an HR practitioner needs to have that kind of lens and that kind of perspective that it's people who drive the business, right? Um, and so um, really understanding what they are passionate about um, and helping them get to where they want to be within the organization, whether it's within an HR space or if it's someplace else in the organization. So I really think that what's being left on the table is the intentionality to be inclusive there. Mm-hmm. I know for myself, and this could be old school ideology and thinking, it always felt like you didn't want to go to HR because that mm-hmm. was almost like a telling, a big brother. That was almost like this outside resource that dealt with trouble. And if you mm-hmm. went to them, it was like this indication of trouble. In my modern day perspective, especially listening to how you described it, it really should be about partnership. It should be about availability and support. And so how do we shift that narrative if someone is stuck thinking like me that, oh boy, if HR is getting involved, that's an indication of something wrong rather than something right. Yeah, you know, it's funny because even leaders think of HR sometimes as, oh my God, why are you here? Um, And I think over time, the profession has evolved. I mean, we used to call it personnel, right? And um, there's some 
um, agencies and organizations that still refer to HR as personnel. But it's more than that. It is a partnership. You know, it's a strategic partnership. Um, you know, I think what has changed over time is that HR has become more engaged in understanding the business. Um, and I think that's a key takeaway. Um, you can't partner well if you don't understand what you're partnering for and about, um, right? So understanding the business and having that business background um, really assist in, you know, um, changing that perspective and changing people's um, experiences, right? Um, again, people first. So from a people first perspective, then that means anybody that shows up uh, in an HR office should understand that they are going to be, um, you know, treated with respect. They're going to be treated as the person that they are, um, because it's just people on the other side of it that are the HR folks, right? Um, so I think that the the shift in in our um, our field really has been around this notion of people um, being first and leading what what is done, right? Um, so creating culture you know, more so than just the party planning. I mean, there's a lot of old things that I think come to people's mind about what HR is about, but it's it's not that. It's, it's strategically aligning resources, which are human capital, right? With what the end product needs to be for the organization. And, and, and that's our role. Um, it's a strategic role. It's not just, um, you're getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, there is a need for compliance, right? Um, and there's a need for um, making sure that the cultural norms are adhered to. And so, you know, I often say, you know, I've, I've been in a lot of um, situations where we've had to separate employment with, with, an org with a person. Um, and I often say that they have self-exempted themselves, right? We've done everything that we can up until that point. There's been conversation. There's been kind of, hey, let me just remind you of, right? So yes, there's a part of the role that um, definitely deals with um, those not so fun things of life, um, but it, it definitely is a place where you can be heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I hope that as we women of color mm -hmm. are looking to advance ourselves, yeah. that we shift our thinking and do lean into the partnership that HR yeah. brings to the table. And so I know one of the things that I was very impressed with when we did our meet and greet was the fact that you have sat in so many seats around the HR table. And yeah. I think that that perspective allows you to be able to see the experience of human capital mm -hmm. from almost every seat that Same. an HR person would have. And so yeah. what made you go after your career in that way to make sure that you were multifaceted in terms of your experience within that domain? Yeah. So I'll start back with the impression that I had from a mentor, somebody I adopted, adopted as a mentor. She was an HR manager and she just was very polished. Right. And I just wanted to understand what her uh, career path was about. So because I didn't know, I researched everything. I have a healthy sense of curiosity. So I'm always kind of like reading up on things and trying to figure it out. My career path in HR um, started from just a question of like, what is it? What is HR? Um, and then from their understanding in the literature at that time, it was more of you get break into the field with the experiences. And so I then uh, being kind of the way that I lead life, I was very intentional, right? So every, you know, opportunity that I had from an internship perspective or from a um, part-time job, full-time job perspective, if it wasn't in HR, I wasn't taking it, right? I wanted to build the skill because I knew from my research that if I didn't have the skill, it'd be very hard for me to break into. Um, the other thing is that you can kind of get pigeonholed into certain areas of the business. So just say, for instance, if I had accepted a role just as a compensation analyst and I kept doing that, it's very hard to then break into a generalist role because your expertise from a, a perspective of people looking into your resume and your background would just say, hey, you understand comp. You don't understand all these other things, whether it's labor law, whether it's regulations, those types of things. And so because I always wanted to be able to present um, with the best skill, right? Didn't want to be able for someone to say, oh, she she's not 
capable or she's not able. Um, so the intentionality there was like, how do I get over here and get some recruiting? How do I get over here and get some employee relations, right? Building, just foundationally building because I wanted to be the best option um, and have the best options available to me from a career perspective. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I really latched on to that you said is a lot of people in terms of that term generalist, they have mm -hmm. a skimming of a lot, but mm -hmm. you were real intentional more than just understanding and awareness. You like went deep on the context mm -hmm. of each of those seats that you sat in. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks very, very boldly or deeply to mm -hmm. your intentionality. Mm -hmm. Why was that your strategy? Because, you know, it's one thing to get in the room and kind of fake it till you make it. But it's also another thing altogether when you get in the room and you actually have those experiences. It creates uh, intense dialogue. It creates um, the capability to question, um, to insert Right. Um, and so I've always wanted to just be ready. Right. And I think as black women, we find ourselves having to be ready. <laughs> you know, it ain't, there's no time about like getting ready. Let's be ready. Um, because when that opportunity comes, you need to know your stuff. Right. Um, and so the intentionality, I think, comes from a cultural perspective of me being a black woman and not wanting to be denied on a technicality. <laughs> Right. So the technicality cannot be that um, she didn't know some of that. Right. So a generalist to me, you know, some people think, oh, well, you just kind of know how to walk people through certain things. Well, no, I actually have a background in HRIS technology implementations because I was intentional to get that. Right. I was intentional to spend some time in employee relations so that I understand you know, regulations and what the law says with regard to being fair and consistent and those types of things, because that wealth of knowledge serves me well in the space, right? Um, and it makes me a very good generalist, right? Ver or an excellent general generalist versus someone that just kind of fell into it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I love that. So another one of the points that I think actually plays into why you pursue with such intentionality is this whole perspective and concept of being a first generation leader. And what mm -hmm. I love to say about those of us who are first generation leaders is we stand on the shoulders of great sacrifices that were made mm -hmm. for us to seize those opportunities like you talked mm -hmm. about. And oftentimes we have a deep perspective of wanting to be ready so that we are not disqualified because we mm -hmm. know how much this means, means how much exactly. it means to you, how much it means mm -hmm. to your family. We know the trailblazing moments that are mm -hmm. happening through each of our experiences. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about your perspective through that lens of being a first generation leader. Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm the oldest of just two children, um, but I'm about nearly 10 years older than my brother. And when he was born or when he was in the oven, so to speak, right, my perspective of being a big sister, I was so excited about it. And I remember my mom saying to me, you know, I want you to make sure that you're always looking out for your brother. And I think I took that literally. Right. So I feel like my perspective of leadership started at home. It started in the space of like just wanting to be a good role model, set a good example um, just with my brother. And so that translates into how I lead. Um, you know, I think that people who are reporting to me, um, I have a responsibility to them. Right. To set an example to. Uh, eradicate barriers and, and those types of things, right? And so, you know, from a career perspective, I think I've just made sure that I applied that same principle that I would to someone that I hold near and dear to me, mm -hmm. because we're all people with experiences and, and they're important, right? They're important to um, the outcome. And so, I, I think it's my my job to nurture that as a leader and to and to lead from that perspective. So just that responsibility that was kind of uh, imparted in me as a child that translates into my leadership um, capabilities now. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I know can be a struggle for first generation leaders is the fact that one of the safest places that we all have mm-hmm. in many cases, you know, there's always circumstances, but in many cases is family and home. Mm-hmm. And when you are dealing with different things in your corporate experience, in your corporate space, and mm-hmm. you're looking for that advice and you're looking for that guidance Home Mm -hmm. is not necessarily the place you can go back to because Mm -hmm. they don't have corresponding experience to Mm -hmm. help guide you on how to navigate that. And you told me a really great story Mm -hmm. um, about an interaction and exchange you had with your grandmother. I'd love for you to share it here. (laughs) But I I also want to know, you know, how does it inform your today experience and how you forge relationships and collaborate with other people or, you know, maybe not today because you're years beyond the mm-hmm. beginning when this is probably the most influential, but mm-hmm. how did it inform your experience of how you began to forge relationships that could help you? Yeah. So the story of my grandmother, I, I think is so sweet. Um, you know, I would oftentimes go visit her and I said, well, grandma, I got to go because I have to go to a meeting or I'll call her, you know. And one day she just kind of looked at me and she says, you ain't met everybody yet, you know. And I thought, yeah, because she doesn't understand my world, right? To her, it's kind of like, well, how many people do you have to meet at your job, you know? Um, but she doesn't understand, you know, the context of getting the work done is through meetings, business meetings, right? Um, I think I hold that near and dear um, because it helps me stay grounded, first of all, um, and know that I came from, you know, people that didn't have those experiences. And so when it comes to kind of moving forward and um, and remembering those types of things, you know, connection is very important, you know, so you talk about developing relationship, developing um, sincere um, relationships that will help propel your career. I think we have to show up as our authentic selves, you know, I have learned more about that as I've aged and as I've had more experiences, you know, Um, but that has been the key for me, right, showing up, being my authentic self, um, being inquisitive, creating those uh, person-to-person relationships, right? There's always something of interest that we all can agree on, whether our background is, you know, from uh, a third world country or a modernized big city, right? There are things that we have in common. Um, and so I think that's what I've tapped into is, you know, how can I relate? Um, what can we talk about and what can we um, kind of ground ourselves in so that when I see Joe Blow or Sally Sue, right? I'm saying, hey, how how the game go? Because their interests are football or baseball or whatever. And I have a sincere concern for how that was because it's important to them, right? That's how I forged relationships. You know, I've just kind of remained humble and thoughtful about we're just people. We're all people <laughs> showing up to do some good work together. Mm-hmm. You just said one of the words that I wanted to hone in on a mm-hmm. little bit because you you expressed how important it was for you to remain humble with your mm-hmm. success. Um, mm-hmm. Why is that so important to you and why do you consider that a key to your success? It's key because when there's arrogance, then there's no ability to be open to learn. Mm-hmm. So I think the opposing thought process for me is being humble makes me stay open, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Remembering where I'm from, remembering the experiences that went well or haven't gone well. Those are the things that make me wanna keep growing and keep pushing, right? Um, And I think if I ever develop this level of arrogance and and don't confuse that with not being confident, right? I'm confident. Mm-hmm. But there's a level of arrogance at which you think, hey, I've arrived. I know everything. No one can share anything with me. You know, um, you know, the world was made better because I entered it and, and because of me only that kind of perspective. I don't ever want to get there. Right. Um, because that 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 would not allow me to keep learning and growing. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I remain humble because of the need to want to stay hungry and thirsty for knowledge and, mm-hmm. and growth. 
Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, one of the things that I have been challenged with recently, because I believe it's important to take your faith with you wherever you go, is I've, I've been asked this question, does faith belong in the workplace? And and I'm looking back like faith belong anywhere I am. Like I can't even imagine my life without it. Yeah. And you shared that your relationship with God is important to you. Mm -hmm. And so what has that meant to your career? Yeah. Um, so God created me. He created you. Right. And he created all of us with intention and with purpose. And it's our job to try to figure out what that is. Right. And so I don't feel like I know everything. And so when I don't know, he's who I will consult with. Right. Um, I try to live my life on a principle of being, you know, slow to speak, quick to hear. Right. So that you're basically able um, to have people experience you with light, not thunder, <laughs> you know, um, and and really just stay grounded with um, the principles of. I was created for a purpose and I want to, to live out that purpose. I want to experience that here on earth. You know, I don't want to die and have my purpose be in the grave with me. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think that definition is so important. Mm -hmm. um, my next question for you is around fear, but what I know to be true in my own life is the only way that I could really stabilize and shake off fear was to go back to truth. Mm -hmm. Every time I try anything else, it didn't last. It may have mm -hmm. given me some results in a season, but it didn't last. And so yeah. um, beginning to see myself the way God sees me and show up authentically to yeah. that, it yeah. bolstered my confidence in ways that I could have never faked or manufactured. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you shared that one of the big steps you have taken was forcing yourself outside of your fears. And so mm -hmm. you've made a lot of career moves. You've done relocations to new cities. You've had to make some decisions to really go after open, open doors and open mm -hmm. opportunities. And so when you think about shaking off fear, talk about that experience and how it played a role in you building the career that you wanted. Yeah. So I'm naturally an introvert. And when I say that to people, they're like, no, you're not, mm -hmm. right? The work that I find myself in, I can't be the introvert that I am. But when you think about introversion, it really is around where do I get my energy from? Mm -hmm. I'm self-motivated to do whatever. I don't need any external forces that, you know, propel me to do anything. Mm -hmm. And so when I understand what introversion actually is, I can come outside of myself because God gave me the ability to connect to people. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I see that as a gifting, then how do I use that? to have the career that I want to have, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it has created, um, you know, opportunities that I've had to go after where I was away from my network. I was away from my family, my friends. Um, but those opportunities helped me grow, right? So we talk about that intentionality of building that, that battery of skill, mm -hmm. you know, that hasn't always been in the community that I was already living in. That opportunity was across the country. So, you know, knowing that I am capable of connecting to people, I just take that skill with me, you know, um, and I use that to help me feel comfortable in the transition, you know. Um, now, I've lived in some places that I'm like, ah, I don't want to go back there, <laughs> you know, but I wouldn't know had I not experienced it, right? So, that's that's the learning as well. That's the curiosity, you know. It's helped me learn how people live, you know, um, where I grew up versus where I've lived. It's worlds apart, very different, you know, of what people value in the community. But that really helps me even as a professional, you know, in my space. Mm -hmm. Because when I encounter people and I'm like, oh, you're from the state of so-and-so, right? I live there. I understand. You know what I mean? Because I've had that, those experiences as well. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I, I do agree with you that really stretching our exposure, mm -hmm. it changes the game for mm -hmm. us. Um, I know that a lot of your roots are in Milwaukee and I didn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't birthed and I didn't grow up there, but I, I lived there for a far number of years. Yeah. And one of the things that I thought was always so interesting about Milwaukee is just one, how segregated it was and how mm -hmm. a lot of people 
are like in a 60 block radius and they yeah. don't go outside of that 60 block radius. Mm -hmm. And that's nothing against them because that mm -hmm. same pattern in behavior happens in so many other communities as well, mm -hmm. where people are not willing to stretch themselves to experience something mm -hmm. new. Um, mm -hmm. But I agree with you that when you do that, it allows mm -hmm. you to meet and relate and collaborate yeah. and get to know people in ways that if you would have just stayed with this one limited perspective that you can't relate to. Like Absolutely. If, if you've never seen a waterfall in person, you don't know how beautiful a waterfall actually is, right? Absolutely. If yeah. you've never seen the mountains in person, you don't know how majestic they actually look. Mm -hmm. I can remember, and I'll just tell this quick little story. I had a friend and she was one of my friends in, in Wisconsin and I invited her to go on a trip with me. And we went on the trip and she had never flown anywhere before. Mm. She had never gone anywhere. And we went out to Arizona mm. and we were driving around. And of course I've traveled more. So we were driving around and she looked over at me and she said, what are all these big piles of dirt? Well, she had ah, never seen mountains, the mountains. before. Yeah, like she had never yeah. seen it before. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's my point that I'm making is that because yeah. you stretched yourself and you were mm -hmm. like, I may not want to go ever live there again, yeah. but I yeah. went there and I had yeah. that experience in my arsenal. It makes you mm -hmm. more relatable. What do you mm -hmm. think about that? I think it's so true. Um, I, I think that it has definitely made me um, a better citizen of the world, if that makes sense. Because um, I, I try not to be judgmental about things. Um, and, you know, having lived in other places outside of Milwaukee now, I definitely can can say that people live differently, um, right? Um, and, and there's an appreciation that you can get for cultural norms um, and how people think about the world. Um, that only makes me a stronger, you know, person mm -hmm. to connect with others, you know. Um, so I think it's all been very valuable, um, you know. And and I also think that even for like being, you know, uh, a member of my family and being one of only a couple of people that I've ever even gone to college, right? For those that are coming behind us, right? Um, my experiences, I can share that in storytelling, just like, you know, what you shared with me with you and your friend going to Arizona, right? Storytelling and making someone else dream about, hey, I want to see the mountains. I've not been there before. You know, that stretches our families and, and the reach that we have too. So it's all been very enriching. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. It makes us a far better leader. And mm -hmm. just as much as your travel has been in your, your living spaces have been, your career has been diverse too, yeah. right? You have worked for not for profit. You have worked for the government. You have worked in retail. And so I know each of those, while mm -hmm. HR is the context, are completely different. Different, yeah. Of some of the cultural biases mm -hmm. that come along with them. And mm -hmm. so tell us about that experience as it relates to your background. So um, as you said, I've worked in a lot of different sectors. Um, I kind of started my career path in the nonprofit world. Um, and that gave me a lot of exposure um, to just being what I call resilient and resourceful, <laughs> right? Because they're very limited dollars for overhead costs or administrative costs, you know, HR isn't a, isn't a, uh, it's a cost center. It isn't a money generator necessarily. Right. Um, and so that space really helps me become resilient, um, creative, <laughs> have a lot of ingenuity and grow in that space. Government taught me compliance, regulation, order, um, you know, retail, I think teaches resilience in a different kind of way. Um, it really forces you to be creative because you're you're trying to make money and you're trying to be innovative. So I would think that um, people in that space are very driven, um, you know, and always trying to create the next best thing um, that the consumer wants, right? Um, and then I also worked in healthcare, right? I worked in healthcare for a, a very long time. Um, and I think in that space, that's a not-for-profit space, right? It's not that they don't make a profit, but it's it's not the intent. That is where I learned um, compassion and being driven by mission and purpose, right? So all of these various environments that I've worked in and industries that I've served in um, have 
given a little nugget to how you lead and how you show up, you know, um, in environments as a, as a good leader. Um, and because they have all served a different purpose in our circle of life, right? Um, but yeah, those are the, those are the things that I've, I've picked up and, and really think have been beneficial to, to my career. Oh, absolutely. It creates a well-roundedness and mm -hmm. that's also a tremendous asset to you personally, but obviously to what you bring to the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think that that is good because there was a point in time, probably uh, maybe people who are in our peer set or mm -hmm. our, our our family that was before us where you got a job, you stayed there 30 years, you got the yeah. watch when you retired, you didn't go work in any place that like that mm -hmm. whole paradigm shift of mm -hmm. let me experience these new things and not be afraid and really bolster up even my own confidence to know that I can thrive. I can get mm -hmm. my legs underneath me. I can be the new kid on the block, but I can also thrive. And so when you think about that, I thought it was interesting that you said you weren't in it to face uh, or to chase the title, that that mm -hmm. wasn't really your focus, but mm -hmm. that you were really in it for your own own definition and for your own reasons. And so mm -hmm. help us understand how you took title out of the equation. And let me just be clear, that doesn't mean you didn't get title, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I but got it title. Just meant that you weren't like, oh, I'm yeah. aspiring to be X, Y, mm -hmm. or Z. So help us understand what was really in it for you. So, you know, I think that um, as a Black woman, to get in the door, <laughs> right? It's, it is making sure that that you're ready um, and that you have the, the knowledge. And so, you know, taking the title chasing out of it makes me just want to gain the knowledge and, and keep creating and building. You know, there are other people that, that are probably less methodical than I am, but I, that's just the way I live my life, right? Um, and so to me, the title comes when you're doing what you're supposed to do or the money comes when you do what you're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so just that intentionality, it, it, what's in it for me is the is the knowledge, mm -hmm. right? Is, is, is being confident. I talked about being an introvert earlier, right? Um, and so that means sometimes I might shy away from being in front of the crowd too, right? But the more that I have inside of me from my knowledge boosts my confidence, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, those are the types of things that have helped me um, not be afraid to, you know, go after the title when it was time, mm -hmm. right? Because it was ready, <laughs> you know? Um, I think those are the things that were in it for me, just making sure um, that I was building upon a, a strong foundation and continuously, you know, adding to that. Mm -hmm. You share with me this mantra where you said, mm -hmm. get the experience early on and let it work for you later. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. thought that that was really powerful. And I hear mm -hmm. you echoing some of that right now. Mm -hmm. Tell us what brought that to life for you. You know, I think it just goes back to the research and just knowing that I had significant mountains to climb when it came to breaking into the area of business that I wanted to concentrate in. Mm -hmm. Human resources was not the space where you were just going to walk in and say, hey, I got a degree and, and, and I'm ready. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and so building on that knowledge and just seeking after that, that that's what it was, you know, for me. Yeah. Okay. And then you mm -hmm. shared at some point you want to change. And you mm. said, I want a career shift and I want to do something new. And yes. as appetizing as that sounds, there's yes. also a hint of scary in that as well. So walk us through that defining moment where you wanted mm. that shift, you wanted the change and you wanted to do something new. And what was coming up for you emotionally in that experience as you navigated that turn? Yeah, I think, um, you know, um, I spoke a little bit about this and touched on it just a little bit earlier. Um, as I've aged, right, um, and as I've uh, experienced different things, you change, <laughs> right? What what you care about changes, um, and you also get closer to understanding your purpose, right? You know, I've talked about being able to connect with people. 
that's a God-given gift that I have. And I want to do more of that, <laughs> you know? Um, and so when you kind of talk about the industries that I've been in, there's some tougher industries, right? Um, that feels like you're always on, there's never a break, right? Um, and I think that that diminishes my ability to connect to people authentically. Mm -hmm. So when you start to discover, you know, those things about you that really drive you and make you happy, right? Mm -hmm then it's kind of like, you gotta change, you gotta shift, right? So I find myself going kind of back full circle to, you know, where are the spaces that I was happiest in, in my career? Um, what industry was that, you know? Um, and, and I find myself moving back into that space. Mm -hmm. um, that has precipitated change. So I think as I've gotten to know more about me, um, and been okay with it, mm -hmm. <laughs> then I say, okay, here's the next move that I need to make, right? So it's more an inward um, um, lens that I'm I'm looking at mm -hmm. um, that precipitated the change. And so the now I'll the ask the question that's mm -hmm. at the top, which mm -hmm. is how do you define success, right? Because I think yeah. it has evolved for you. Yeah. And at one point in time, it may have been connected to work, but it sounds mm -hmm. like it's more connected to purpose now. Mm -hmm. And so how do you define it? And do you consider yourself successful? Yeah. So um, I think that defining success is heavy um, because it's subjective, right? Um, I think we're oftentimes taught that you know, if, if you don't succeed in something, then, then you failed And but I don't believe that. Right. So success in my opinion is one that's kind of like defined by a glass half full mentality. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I've placed myself with a goal and I go after that goal, and if I achieve that goal, great, that's a level of success. But if I don't, that's also a success because I've learned from it, right? So if my mentality is always glasses half full, you know, then success is in everything that I experience, you know, but I guess I'm also more of a positive person and try to keep my mind on positive things and not to see the negative of it. I've got to see the positive to keep me moving. That's kind of a, a motivating thing for me as well. So I think it's subjective. I do believe that I'm successful, um, you know, and I'm successful based on the things that I go after, right? And that I set for myself, right? My goals are not the same as yours. You know, the goals, you know, for the person down the street are not the same as mine. And I think that's okay. I think we have to give ourselves margin and space to not quite reach that, um, that end goal that we were looking for, but be willing to say, okay, what I learned from this, is it still important to me? And do I shift, <laughs> right? And keep going after something else. That's still success to me, right? So yes, I do believe I'm a successful person. So I have to tell you, this is fast becoming my most favorite segment of the podcast. It's when I take a deliberate pause to encourage and empower you. This is your empowering moment. Now we are taking a journey through my book, Embrace Your Power and Go. The way that book is designed, it's a 30-day journey where you get an intention to focus on for every single day throughout the book. You also get a scripture reference every day in a passage where I have pinned something that is sure to inspire you. In addition, you get an affirmation to seal the deal and you get a space to be able to capture what's coming up for you and to set goals. And today we are on day number six. And the theme for day number six is you can handle it. I want that to resonate with you. I want you to believe in the possibility of what you can achieve. The scripture reference is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's Philippians 4 and 13. Now there is a passage there that will energize you. So I invite you to get the book so that you can spend some time with it and be encouraged. But here's the affirmation that I I will give to you today. And I hope that it will empower you right now. 
Because faith is my choice, freedom is my portion. Forsaking all, I trust him. I trust God with my life, my dreams, and even my disappointments. I am strengthened by God's promise. And through Christ, I have assurance of victory. That's what I want you to know. Your victory is assured. And so if you're holding back and you know you need to jumpstart your success, then I invite you to get a copy of the book. It's available on Amazon. So go ahead and put your prime to work. But if you know you're ready to take action, action towards your goals, I would love to help you on your success journey. It's real easy to connect with me. If you go to the website, www.callwithdenise.live, my calendar will come up and you can book a time for us. I will give you a call and we can talk about what it is that you want to achieve. Now let's get back into it. Okay, so now that we're back, we're going to tap into your wisdom. And mm-hmm. this portion of our conversation is what I dub as the power leader advice section, where you're kind of sharing some insight. So the first question is, <laughs> what's your best advice for women who are feeling stretched, either by transition, opposition, opportunity, or pressure to perform? Yeah. Um, I say speak over yourself, you know, um, positive affirmations, you know, who I am is important. You got to believe that, you know, that's what you do. Um, because we all experience stress and levels of stress and anxiety in different ways. Right. Um, so the best thing that you can do is speak that life back over yourself and say, I can, I am important. All of those things. Mm, I love that's that. what I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. What's your best advice for a woman struggling to fit in at work? They're finding finding it hard to be accepted or understood mm-hmm. at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember that I am wonderfully and fearfully made. That's it. Like you don't have to explain yourself. You know, you got to be okay with you. Everybody else will be too, right? And even if they're not, that's okay. <laughs> It really is. Yeah. Yeah. You ain't got to like me, but you need to respect Mm -hmm. me, right? That's right. You need to respect me. And, you know, my uh, ability to show up in a positive way um, will only draw that to me. Right. Um, Don't don't fret about it. Just be you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. What's your best advice for women wanting to advance their career and get to the next level? Mm hmm. Be consistent, follow up, (laughs) you know, follow up on your commitments, be timely, but overall be consistent. Mm -hmm. Yep. That Mm -hmm. nugget is everlasting, Mm -hmm. everlasting. Mm -hmm. All right. So I have put together what I call the power leader skills. And these are 12 things that I believe every black woman in corporate America must know how to do. So instead of asking for your advice on all 12, I'm going to have you pick three numbers between one and 12, and we will ask your advice based on that. Okay. Um, Seven. Mm -hmm. 10 mm-hmm. and 12. 12. All right. So number seven is what is your best advice for how to have executive presence? Mm, okay. This may sound superficial, but dress the part. You know, um, if you feel confident with what you're presenting in, that will exude, you know, and you're able to then be yourself. Right. Because then you're not worried about the appearance and all those things. Sounds superficial, but, you know, put put that power suit on, put those pearls on, you know, whatever makes you feel good Mm -hmm. so that you're not worried about that. Then you just execute what's in your mind and nobody can take that from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I share a story about how when I first joined the building materials company. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And I was talking to one of, actually one of my HR partners. And so she was trying to help me understand there was a bit of a relaxed environment Mm -hmm. out in the field. Makes sense, Mm -hmm. right? It's building material. So we are on job sites, you know, we got wood everywhere, you know, (laughs) it it wasn't Mm -hmm. as if I was walking into some high priced or high fitting Mm -hmm. uh, retailer. So mm-hmm. any case, so in my mind, I was like, okay, well, you can dress down, right? Mm-hmm. And so I went out to the field and I felt completely uncomfortable oh, because wow. I wow. wasn't showing up as myself. And it wasn't that I dressed up. I just mm-hmm. didn't wear my clothes. Oh, right? yep. mm-hmm. And I just didn't Absolutely. have on what I felt comfortable yep. in. And yep. so I think... Although it sounds superficial, it is mm-hmm. extremely important. It's right? important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yep. is extremely yeah. important. Yeah. Dress, dress for the role that you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's your best advice on how to ask for what you want and get what you're worth? Yeah. Do your research, right? Remember that closed mouths do not get fed, right? You know, the answer may, may be no. If it is, that's okay. And then you can decide whether or not your value is being recognized where you are, right? We talked a little bit earlier, you know, about people kind of signing up for life <laughs> for, for places. And sometimes you evolve, sometimes the place evolves and it isn't a good fit anymore. It's okay. Find some place where your value is appreciated. I love that. Excellent mm-hmm. advice. And then number 12, what's your best advice for how to find out what your mama couldn't teach you? <laughs> Good one. Um, nurture your network, right? Get you some good girlfriends that are going to tell you the truth about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my best friend, I, I can be fiercely independent, right? Um, self-sufficiency, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I remember her saying, sister, she said, um, be careful that you're not being prideful. And I thought, oh my God, you know, but she told me the truth in that moment and I needed to process it. I didn't try to deflect or anything. I said, you're right. You know, and, but I trust her and, and I know that she believes in me. You know, and so she is a part of my network. And so I need people to speak truth to me as well, you know, because sometimes we lose our way. We do, (laughs) you know, Um, so you need to nurture your network. Make sure that you have people that are going to tell you the truth. Yes. I call Mm -hmm. that my personal board of directors. That's right. (laughs) It's people that I have intentionally around me Mm -hmm. to um, speak that truth to me. And I don't know about you, Harry, but for mm-hmm. me, they got to come for the juggler, right? It That's gets right. my attention That's when, right. when they are sharp and straightforward. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, whoa, we're going to yeah. land for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yep. absolutely. Put your mm-hmm. pearls and regroup and then check yourself, right? Check yourself, so, exactly. Because you know that it's done in love, right? Yes. Um, and they want the best for you. So, you know, they're not just out here saying stuff to hurt your feelings. They're telling you, hey, you need to get it together, you know, and you can appreciate that for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so the intentionality of that circle is so important, Mm -hmm. like you said. All right. So let's close out with the the, uh, podcast closeout questions. I close out every episode with these. What's your life wisdom? What would you tell your younger self about life if you could? Mm -hmm. Live your life, right? Um, be intentional about nurturing your passions, you know, so that you can live on purpose. That's I what I would say. That. I love mm-hmm. that. What mm-hmm. would you tell your younger self about love if you could? Mm. We often say I love myself, but do we really? Mm-hmm. Right. So like love yourself fiercely and intensely and sincerely. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody um, can beat you loving you and nobody can understand you better than you. And when you've kind of gotten to that place of self-love, then you're going to invite that. That's what's going to come to you. I love that. Yeah, I love that because we talk to ourselves in ways we wouldn't even dare talk to other people. We wouldn't mm-hmm. say those cruel things. We wouldn't think those cruel yeah. thoughts. And so you're spot on the intensity mm-hmm. 
has to be amplified on yep. ourselves. And if you could get to that, man, you'll be mm-hmm. unstoppable. Unstoppable. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't need any other external validation because mm-hmm. you have it, right? You have it here and you have it there. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love it. And mm-hmm. finally, happiness wisdom. What would you tell your younger self about happiness if you could? Man, learn to laugh. I mean, just laugh at yourself and do it a lot, <laughs> right? Because I mean, sometimes we take ourselves too seriously and that's where stress comes in. And, you know, you have too much of that, man, you get stuck, mm-hmm. right? You can't move. You can't, you're immobilized by it. Um, fear can set in and all those things, right? Mm-hmm. Laugh at yourself and move on. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that. You know, right before we jumped on, I just mm-hmm. invited myself to be free and have a praise party. So yeah. I turned on a good song and mm-hmm. I just danced around the room mm-hmm. and that brought me joy. And yep. I think the moment of being able to be good with myself and enjoy mm-hmm. moments like that, it does make me laugh and it made me feel good. And yeah. that's what I hear you saying. Do things yeah. that make you Do feel good. Do things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, if it's a movie, if it's a book, whatever it is, you know, um, spa time. I love spa time, you know, getting a pedicure, manicure, all those things that just shower you with the care and concern that we sometimes don't get outside of ourselves, you know, I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you for this. This has been so powerful and such a blessing. Um, Is there anything else you want to share about what's up next for you and how listeners can get connected with you if they desire to? Yeah, so kind of personally, I've been uh, in pursuit of a PhD, so pray for me (laughs) with that. um, So I got about uh, another year or so in that program. Um, But professionally, professionally, I've launched my own consulting business. Um, I am a coach, so I like to do personal and professional development coaching, but I also offer HR consulting services so people can get in touch with me um, through LinkedIn. Um, They can just look for my profile, Harriet Johnson, and Harriet is spelled H-A-R-R-I-E-T-T. Um, that's a different spelling. So Harriet Johnson on LinkedIn and they can access my services page there. Um, if they want to send me an email, they can go to hjohnsonmba at gmail.com. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. And can I tell you one more thing? Yes, ma'am. Success looks so good on you. Thank you. And it looks good on you too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. So that was such a great conversation between Harriet and myself. She shared so many incredible nuggets when it comes to building a career. She talked about having a healthy curiosity and she's spot on. You see, the way it unfolded for her is it was her ability to build job-related skills. Opening up the doorway to sitting in every seat around the HR table made her more valuable. You see, when it comes to developing solutions in the workplace, your value is when you can take into consideration a well-rounded approach. And knowing what's happening in all of those seats and all of those areas helped her to understand the best solutions to bring to the table. The other thing I thought was really powerful was when she talked about being intentional with opportunity. You see, as she was trying to figure out the next steps to take. Not only did she focus on her preparation for that step, but she was courageous enough to be intentional in going after that next step. You see, many of us get stuck in this cycle of wanting to learn and learn, and there's nothing against being a lifelong learner, there are clear advantages. But not only do I think you should be a lifelong learner, you must couple that with taking action on what you learned. And she talked very well about leading her career in the directions that she wanted it to go. She wanted to avoid being pigeonholed and she wanted to open up that gateway to new opportunities. And she was able to do that for herself and strengthen the value she brought to the table. Now, the biggest question I have for you is what strategies are you putting in place in your career? 
Are you being a lifelong learner? And even more, are you taking action? The biggest difference in every one of the conversations that I've had is these women have been willing to take action on their behalf. Their career success meant that they had to get in the driver's seat and drive it the direction that they wanted it to go. Now, that can be a little bit overwhelming if you're not a self-starter or if you're unsure about the steps you want to take. And building a career is not something you want to guess at. It's something you want to be more strategic about. And this is why I partner with women to help them build a career that they want, one that is is going to satisfy them. We do that by focusing on the skills, not the skills of the job, but the skills of your ability to show up and add value in the workplace, your leadership skills, all of the skills that says you're ready for the next level. We also do this by really going after your ability to be savvy, to be able to understand factors that are at play and how to leverage them and be informed by them. And then finally, we generate momentum. That's what I help you do. Momentum towards the success that you want to achieve. Now, if that sounds like something you want and it sounds like something you need help with, I want to invite you to book a call with me. It's really simple. When you go to www.callwithdenise.live, my calendar will open up. There will be a time that works for you, and I want you to book that time for us to meet. Now, I will give you a call on the phone, not my agent, me, and we're going to talk together about what it is you want to achieve, the next level of success that you're looking to accomplish. And if I think I can help you, and only if I think I can help you, will I make a recommendation of my services? If I don't think I can help you, then I will give you some thoughts around your next best step. Talking with me is going to help you get clarity about how to accomplish what it is that you want to do. Even more, it's going to help you take action towards your goals. So visit my calendar, www.callwithdenise, lock a time in for us, and we'll get started on your future. And if you haven't taken time to rate the podcast, be sure to do that. If you haven't taken time to review the podcast, be sure to do that too. And then finally, wherever you're listening, be sure to subscribe. That way you'll meet me here next week. Now, if you love this episode, you're going to want to access the free resource I curated just for you. The Power Leader Toolkit is absolutely free, and it includes three Power Pack career transforming resources that will help you change the game and build the career that you want and deserve. It includes my powerful training, The Seven Habits of highly successful women. Now you can get your hands on this toolkit right now. And as I said, it's absolutely free. You can access it at www.powerleadertoolkit.live. Again, that's www.powerleadertoolkit.live. And of course, I'll be back next week with more power leader strategies to help you transform your career. But until then, remember to always embrace your power and go.